Amen. And we've got to watch our time because children's entertainer is coming here in just a little while. In about, well, he's coming after we leave. And we don't want him to have to wait. Um, church birthday. I, you know, as I, as I get older, I get a greater understanding of the value of and the importance of the local church. I think you know, when, you, when I was younger, I so much thought I didn't need the local church. Um, as I got older, I recognized the importance of it, the love that Christ has for it, and what it can do for me and for my family and to, and to my life. Because when I got saved, all of me got saved, not just a part of me. And I have to build on that. I have to, I have to, like, I, I have to grow my inner man and strengthen my inner man. And, and the local church helps, has, has a great influence in that. And I recognize that I need, in the, Old, in the New Testament, we read in Hebrews about that great cloud of witnesses that, is behind, that, is, that, that went before us uh, throughout the Old Testament. And they're, they're recorded there in Hebrews. Some of those characters and, and others, of course, who, who experienced some of the great things that God was able to do and stepped out in faith. Uh, and saw a move of the Holy Spirit, and saw things take place in their lives, and forged a path, fought a, fought a fight to see things take place. And, and the, the importance of remembering that. But also I believe there's a cloud of witnesses that we live with in our day-by-day -day lives. Uh, it's, it's always helpful for me to be able to look on people who have gone there before me, who have some experience, who are a cloud of witness in my life, who will help me be who God has called me to be. Uh, and so there's a whole... whole sh you know, we, we, don't, we aren't to do life alone, are we? You know, we weren't created to, to do life alone. We we're created to do life in community. Let me just read from Hebrews chapter 1 first. For, sorry, Hebrews chapter 12. Um, follows on, of course, from Hebrews chapter 11, as it would if it's Hebrews chapter 12. And listen, where he's listing some of those characters, uh, men and women of God, who, who, who fought a great fight. And he goes, therefore, we also, we also, since we are, Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. So we could just stop right there, couldn't we? And bring something out of that. Just lay aside every weight. <laughs> I tell you, as you get older, you realize that you, you, there's some baggage you've been carrying you should have shed a long time ago. Uh, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So wait, so let me just, just bear that in, hold that in your thought just for a moment. But so when you get to have a birthday, uh we, you know, we, we get to say, we do a lot of celebrating, don't you? Well, most, some people do more than others. But when you get to have a birthday, you celebrate. And celebrating is, is something you do every year, once a year. You celebrate your birthday. Uh, and we celebrate maybe that which we have achieved the last year. You know, so the fact that we got to another birthday. Um, you made it. And you're maybe kicking and screaming. Or you faced some challenges over the, uh, over the last 12 months of seasons that have gone on in your life. Uh, and some of those challenges, some of those scenes would have been hard. 
Others of them are easy. But some of you, you take that opportunity maybe to celebrate your breakthroughs and your achievements and you're coming through some challenges and some difficult times. And you, you have read, many times you get around and you just celebrate some of the, and, and the, and the, the rewarding times that have taken place in your life through those seasons. And you maybe get family and friends around you for your birthday. You look back. Uh, and it's almost like a, a cheering on for you on that day because it's your days. Or sometimes people make, the, make the, their birthday their weekend or their week or their month. You know, celebrate it for, you know, get as much, as, get as much mileage out of your birthday as you can. And uh, I think that the church is a place where we should be doing a lot of cheering. You know, particularly when it comes to, uh, we sometimes just take out, take out some time to cheer ourselves on, if you like. And be thankful for what God has done uh, and how he's got us through to where we are. You know, many times throughout the Bible, you know, God draws the attention of the people. to just remember where you've come from. Remember what you got through. Remember how you got through what you went through, that which came on you, that which challenged you, that which, that which just flew up and blew up in front of you and, and caused you to think, man, life. how many of you had times in your life when you get, get some news and it just totally throws you? Uh, but that was then, and now you've come through. And sometimes it's good just to, be to just remember those things and celebrate those things that, uh, that, 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 that is going on in our life. And a church birthday should be a time, I believe, of great celebration of what God has done and what we have come through, how we've achieved some things. You know, some of those things don't, aren't, aren't, may not seem very big to some people, but to others, they're huge. And it should be a time, I believe, when we celebrate, celebrate and we cheer on uh, and when we cheer ourselves on for what lies ahead. Because there's another year ahead of us. There's a lot of things ahead of us. And I believe it's important that we cheer ourselves on for what lies ahead, that we cheer ourselves on in faith for what God has for us. And one of the reasons to celebrate and take the church seriously is that Christ loves it. Christ loves the church. He loves the church. So I believe it's important for us to be a people who celebrate what he loves. And we cheer on that which he loves. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, it says, Husbands, it talks about husbands and wives in the church. And he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He gave himself. Christ paid an incredibly heavy price for the church. Not just for the, not for the blue chairs and the, and the stuff around, but for the church, the church corporately, the church universally, the church everywhere. But in doing that, he, 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 in, in loving the church so much, he, he wanted, wants us to be a people who gather and celebrate the goodness of God's. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for us, for her. There's, there's a, but there's a lot of opposition to the church and church people. A lot of opposition to the church. You know, not everybody is in church, are they? Not every, you know, the world outside, your people in your world, they don't, always have, they, they don't have a lot of thought towards the church. But Christ died for it. He loves it so much that he gave his life for it. He gave himself for the church. You know, 
I was listening, I had the, could hear the TV in the background just the other day, and there's a whole lot of cheering going on because some of the, there's a crowd of people cheering on somebody who is fighting for something they believe in, getting excited about it. I, I love it when we get excited about church and we cheer on what God is doing and we cheer on each other. Hebrews 11 reminds us of all those who forged a path of faith before we, before we got on this planet, if, if, if you like. And it, and it, but it wasn't without a fight. I'll tell you, the good things of God that are available to you and I are not, are, are, aren't, aren't without fighting for. How many of you have had to fight for something which is right? Come on. You've had to fight for something, which is right. Fight for something in, in your family. Fight for something in a business. Fight for something in life. Fight for something in areas of your health. You've had to fight for it. And those, those, that, those, that crowd of witnesses that went before us fought for what they achieved. See, what, what we see started because of men and women of faith. Even, even, even right in the very beginning, this world we live in started by something that could not be seen. God, God has, <clears throat> see, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that we, so the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. See, God has way more for you than you are currently experiencing. Way more for you. You, you. Many times we can get to a place where we say, well, everything's good, everything's right, life is good, and everything's wonderful. But God has more for you. He has more for you. Don't ever settle back to what you know, but reach forward for what God has for you. Reach forward for it, for what he has for you. You know, <clears throat> we, we, you know, Hebrews, sorry, Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what you can ever think or what you can ever ask, according to the power which is working within you, according to that power which works in us. You know, we know what the power is that is working within us, and we need to be a people who stir that power up. I believe, you know, being part of a local church and coming together and cheering each other on stirs up that power which is working within us. How many of you feel better for being in church than not being in church? How many feel better for getting up off your feet and waving something in the air and getting excited about the presence of God and what he has done for you and recognizing that he is a good God? I tell you, it does something in us. It causes something to rise in us and stir up that which is working within us. And so we're able to see now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can ever think or ask. That power needs to be stirred up. That power needs to be stirred up. The Holy Spirit is working in us to make us more like Jesus. But we have to choose to go after it. It has to be a choice. You see, you chose whether you came to church this morning. You chose, if you're watching at home, you know, you chose that you were going to sit down and, and take this time out to join us in, on a live stream. But other people chose not to be here. Other people chose to do something else. We make choices throughout life. You know, but we need to be a people, I believe, who choose to stir up that which is working within us. Paul said to the, said Timothy, stir up that which is within you. Stir up that gift. How many of you believe you've got gifts? That's three of you. 
Come on. Don't lie on birthday Sunday. Don't lie on birthday. How many of you believe you've got gifts? Well, stir them up. And one of the best ways we can stir up the gifted in us is being part of local church. Stirring it up and, and, and giving it opportunity, you know, opening our mouths at times and just being bold with what God has in us and put what he's put in us. Stir up that gift which is in us. We have to choose to go after it. It's a choice that we make. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, and we've already read the, set, the verse 20 of that, he says, For this reason, verse 14, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in you in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted, grounded in love, may be able to comprehend what with the saints which is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. God wants you filled with the fullness of God. Then he says, Now unto him who is able to exceedingly and abundantly beyond what you can think or ask according to that power which worketh in us. To him be glory in the church. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We are part of generations. We are forever generations. We are, you know, we are in the world. We are living in these days when we need to see the power of God going, being expressed in and around us, through us, in the world. You know, you hear things all the time. You, you, Suzanne was reading something yesterday to me. Someone's post about something and they were saying this and they were saying that. And we're asking this question, how can that be? Right, this is where the church needs to rise up. I don't, this is where the church needs to be strong and stirring up the gift which is within us, stirring up that power which is working within us. A church shouldn't be a place of weakness. A church shouldn't be a place of, of hush, 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 of don't confront this, don't touch this, don't mention that, don't mention this. The church should be a place as it is, as is supposed to be that the manifold wisdom of God be made, made, made known to the world or the principalities and rulers of this world by the church. By the church. We have a responsibility. It doesn't say that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the principalities and powers by Tom, Dick, and Harry. Or this person over here, or this person here, or me here, or me there. But the church, that which Christ died for, that which Christ gave his life for, paid the price for. And I tell you, it's worth getting excited about. It's worth being enthusiastic about it. It's worth looking enthusiastic about it. And I tell you, we have a cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. And two, I believe, we have a cloud of, cloud of witnesses cheering us on in the days in which we live. Sometimes not so far from home. How many believe your role on earth is significant? And it's important. And there's a cloud of witnesses, you know, in heaven cheering you on. They aren't on the field with you, but they're cheering you on. They're, they're, they're in heaven. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, our time on earth is limited. 
you know, is, is so limited that we, we need all the help and encouragement that is available to us to forge our path, our destiny, our purpose on this earth. As I say, as, as you get older, you realize that maybe you need to take things a little bit more seriously. I'm just talking yesterday, and I said to Susanna, I said, I wish I'd learned this at school. I wish, I, wish, I wish all those years ago when I was at school, I'd taken the time out, or I'd been encouraged more to learn this, or to learn that, or to go here, or to go there. Now, sometimes we're in, in the here and now, we can be very small. I applaud those of you that are, that are studying and as you and still studying and still studying and still adding to. There's nothing like, you know, it's so important that we gain knowledge and wisdom. Amen. Filtered through the word of God. And we can do that. Amen. Now unto him who is able to exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you can ever think or ask, according to the power which is working within you. We have to stir that up. We need to stir it up. See, your life in Christ is the real thing. It's the real deal. We can't just quote Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 and just sit back. Just quote it and sit back. Therefore, you also, since you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, sit back and just enjoy the ride. No, we have to fight for what God has done for us and what he has for us to do, the path in which he wants us to forge. See, there's another cloud of witnesses screaming at us, isn't there, all the time? That we we would succeed in being a failure. We would succeed in messing it up. I'd be glad that when you you know that when you mess it up, when you mess it up, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We come back to Jesus, looking to Jesus, author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame. Looking to Jesus. You know, get your attention on Jesus. Sometimes on our eyes, get off. There's other cloud which wants us to succeed in being a total failure. You know, see, where there's a cloud of witnesses cheering you on, not to neglect the gathering together of the saints. There's another cloud of witnesses cheering you on, to, as is the manner of some. Hear, hear what I'm saying. Do not neglect. You know, we spoke this, you know, it was, a, it was a real strong word. Obviously, at the beginning of the lockdown period when people couldn't, you know, gather in this sort of format, format, you know, not neglect it. Make a way we can get together. Make a way we can join and connect and encourage and bless and cheer each other on. So there's a cloud of witnesses saying, you know, do not neglect the gathering together of the saints. Don't neglect it. What do you think you're doing not coming to church? There's another cloud of witnesses cheering you on, as is the manner of some. See, we need to gather the crowd of witnesses that encourage us, or gather to the crowd of witnesses that encourage us to succeed in the calling we have and the good works that he's prepared beforehand for us to walk in. Gather around people who are on your side. Gather around people who will encourage you and bless you. 
She's gathering or having a cloud of witnesses, being gathered and surrounded by a cloud of witnesses needs to start in your thought life. You know, everything starts in your thought life, doesn't it? We need to, we need to get an understanding. Be transformed in the power of transforming our mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed in your mind. Get a clear understanding and a clear thinking that we need a cloud of witnesses around us who have gone before us to help us, to encourage us, to cheer us on. Sometimes we can feel like our, we're on our own as a Christian. And so we make crazy decisions which lead to devastating consequences. But we're surrounded. You don't have to do life alone. We're not, in, we're not designed to do life alone. How many of you have ever spoken to somebody if, and they've made a mistake or something? Why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask a cloud, one of the cloud of witnesses? Somebody who's been there before. Somebody who's a mama or a granddad or whatever, you know. Somebody who's, somebody who's been there before. It's not just, and that's not just about age. But it's somebody who's been there before. It's amazing how many times you come across people. You know, I wish there had been, there'd been times in my life when I'd ask somebody who'd been there. And we still need people in our lives at the, at the season of our life that we're in where we still need people in our lives who we can ask who have been there. You know, how did you manage this? How did you get through this? How did you overcome this? What were your experiences of it? Because they can bring such great insights and particularly when they're spirit-filled can bring great insights. See, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses for a purpose. Now Joshua is mentioned as one of them, but, he, but he, he needed that cloud of witnesses. He had to rely on God. When faced with enormous task of getting the children of Israel across into the promised land, God gave him clear instruction that caused him to recognize the cloud. Joshua 1 and verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That you may observe to do. That you may purposefully, thoughtfully observe to do what is in it. How many years? I tell you, I've come across people who know a lot of Bible, but it's almost like they don't know much of Jesus. Well, they know a lot of Bible, they don't know much of the Holy Spirit and how He works. See, when you, get, when, you, when, you, when you open the Word, you need to not only have knowledge of it, but you need to get revelation of it. Because it's revelation that changes you. Knowledge just fills your mind and fills your head. But revelation gets right here in your heart, and revelation causes you to live your life differently. Revelation changes you. Revelation you know, promotes you. Revelation gets you from one place to another place. It says, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We need to, we need, uh, you know, that cloud of witnesses continually cheering us on. I tell you, when you need, when you need some cheering on, you need to get in the Word of God. See the other, because the other cloud is cloud. The other crowd is cheering you on as well. See, we need to be careful. 
and monitor the cloud of witness that we listen to. Mark 4 and verse 24 says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. See, we determine what we pay attention to, don't we? We determine what we pay attention to. We determine where we fix our attention. So by our own standards, it's measured back to us. People, people around you will give you, an appetite, give, you, give you what you have an appetite for. People around you will give you what you have an appetite for. Because in how you present yourself, you, you, you present an appetite. See, we should have this appetite of looking to Jesus. Have an appetite of looking to Jesus. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. So the Bible doesn't say dawdle along just aimlessly. Don't just say, you know, move along like a sloth. He said, let us run with endurance, run with some determination, run, you know, with a with with a with a backpack full of supplies or whatever it is. I mean, run with endurance, the race that is set before us, look into Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And you see, when you have an appetite for Jesus, I tell you, I've heard some people say, well, all I need is Jesus. Now, when you have an appetite for Jesus, you'll have an appetite for what he loves. You'll have an appetite for what he gave his life for. You'll have an appetite for, 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 for people's lives being changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. When, when you have an appetite for Jesus, you'll open the word and it'll come as revelation to you. When you have an appetite for Jesus, you know, when you have an appetite for Jesus, you know, <laughs> he feeds you. He feeds you. So when you, if, if, if you say, it's, all I need is Jesus, he, he will feed you with, with, with who he is. He will feed you with the life of who he is. And if you have an appetite for him, you will have an appetite, I believe, for the, for the house of God. Because he loves it. He loves the church. He loves the church so much. But it says that he died and gave himself for it. You can't say, all I need is Jesus and not love the church. You can't say, all I need is Jesus and don't like people. That's just, that doesn't, that doesn't level, does it? You know, you, you may not get on with everybody, but, you know, I've, I've learned over the years to, to like a lot more people. As I see them through the eyes of Jesus, because we're you know, and, and church isn't church. Church it can be a bit messy. People can get hurt in church. People can be a bit messy. Uh, church can be a bit messy because it's filled with people. You've only got to look look in the mirror and see why church can be a little bit difficult and challenging sometimes because you're in it. Hello, I got a book on the bookshelf somewhere. It says, um, "No perfect people allowed." 
you know, the church, no perfect people allowed. But we are being made perfect if we keep our eyes on Jesus, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame. What was the joy that was set before him? You and I being in church. You and I were working out and living out our purpose, which he has placed in us and which he has put on us. See, Jesus loves the church because he knows what he's put into it. What he's invested in. He, he gave his life for it. He gave his life for it. He, put, he, he invested in it. You know, throughout, throughout the, from the Acts of the Apostles through to Revelation, the church is mentioned a lot of times. That's because it's important. Jesus put, Christ put things in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27 through 28 says, now, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. He, he's put so much in the church. The church, I believe, is worth celebrating. It's worth getting excited about. It's worth recognizing and celebrating when you get to a place after 29 years, you're still standing. Amen? It looks very different to what it did 29 years ago. And a lot, of, a lot has taken place. You know, we've made, we, I almost said we've made more mistakes than we have had. But it, we, yeah, we've made more mistakes than we have not mistakes, if you like. Uh, but thank God, God is gracious. And God is able to make all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. So, so we love what he's doing and we make mistakes and we, because we're human. I mean, sometimes we don't look to Jesus very much. I think over the last couple of years, the church has learned a lot about what we do and who we look to. But one of the things I believe, and I think you could say it any day, and it would still it would be true, that today is the greatest day for the church. Because every day is a new day. And there are great opportunities and there's a, greater, there's a greater need than ever, I believe, for the church to gather together, for churches to be strong and, and come together in unity and come together and have expressions of worship and, and prayer and just excitement and thanksgiving for what God has done because God is a good God. He, and we are grateful to everything he's done for us. And I tell you, it's, birthday time is a pretty good time to just remember those things and be grateful and be thankful for what God has done. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? You only have to read through the New Testament to see that the Christ, what Christ put into the church to enable you to run the race that is set before you. So you're in a good place. If you're in Life Church, I believe you're in a good place. I believe it's a good place to be. And, and we, we thank you for being a part of Life Church and what you invest in it and what you're doing. But I, I hope you recognize Christ in it as we look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. See, that just in church alone, in a community of God's people, it brings witnesses around us and around about you who you are, can be shoulder to shoulder with, who will encourage you and will bless you. In Jesus' name. So let's be a people this Sunday. Let's be a people this week. And just remember, let's, be a, let's, let's, let's celebrate with excitement and enthusiasm for what, and thanksgiving for what God has done, but look forward with anticipation for what he has yet to do in your life, in my life, in the life of life, church. You know, we, we are, I believe the church is in a place uh, you know, globally where it has to make, a, make some strong stands. And these strong people, 
who know Jesus, look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And celebrate what, what he loves. Do you love Jesus? Or do you love his church? Do you love life church? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this house. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the body of people here, those who are connected, whether they be joining us online or in person here this morning. We thank you for what you're doing and what you've done and what you yet you have to do in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Well, we mentioned um, over the last few weeks that we're taking up a special offering on this Sunday. Which is worth